0: And welcome to Sipping on Country. On today's episode, we have Tommy Collier, songwriter extraordinaire. Oh, thank <laughs> welcome. Thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so I guess let's just kick right in. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, say you're a songwriter here in Nashville. Yeah,
1: producer, songwriter. Okay. And when did, you,
0: when did you get to Nashville?
1: Wow. I moved to Nashville. First of all. I'm from uh, the Mississippi Delta. My hometown is uh, considered to be the birthplace of the blues, Greenville, Mississippi.
0: Not a bad place to come from. Right. So
1: I grew up uh, knowing a lot of uh, great blues musicians and had the opportunity to play with a lot of them and worked in a music store there. I met you know so many great musicians and just picked up the guitar at a really early age. And uh, and I made it the move here. Uh, I was in a band that in the early, well... The, 98, 96, 97 to 98, I was in a band and we were offered a record deal here and I was the main songwriter so I moved here and uh, obviously like all bands, it broke up, <laughs> 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 they break up, there there's go. too many personalities and I was the lead guitarist but the main songwriter and I was a producer, you know, I produced you know the, our material and you know really I just wanted to come here and be a producer right. and a writer and so basically I uh started another band and uh we got offered another deal. All right. And that band broke up. Of course, of course. <laughs> the lead singer was a good friend, but it was just we would we had a lot of we would do a lot of showcases with major labels and we would have an incredible show and he would be great and then the next night he would fall to pieces. It was a lot of pressure. Yeah. And since I was the main songwriter, I was pretty much offered uh Several publishing deals, songwriter deals, Uh and finally, at one point, I just made the decision, you know, I just, I need to think about, you know, other outlets instead of this band, you know, and so uh, I I signed a deal, and I've met a lot of great people from that and stuff, and uh, basically was... uh, would do my own demos, you know. Okay. I got paid with my first deal, which was an incredible deal. I don't even know they make these anymore. <laughs> but I had an unrecoupable demo budget back then, so right. I got paid to do my demos. Plus I had a huge wow. draw because I was in this band that was potentially gonna, you know, have a major deal, right. and I was a writer. And so they were like, started pitching my songs to other artists and stuff, and I was having a really hard time with that because I was just like, man, these are my children, these are my songs. Right. But then I started realizing that, uh, well, you know, when I started seeing the numbers and the figures and stuff, you know, oh, maybe, maybe I can do this. Maybe I <laughs> exactly. can make this. Exactly. Matter of fact, there was a band called uh, Solid Harmony, and some of them were from uh, from England, London. Oh, okay. And they were signed to, uh, I believe they were signed to Jive Records. And I wrote some stuff with them, and uh, so anyway, was basically doing that. Started writing songs, and would do work on my demos all the time, and everybody really liked my guitar playing. So the next thing I know, I was playing on everybody's demos and the next thing I know, people were like, Hey man, we want you to play on this session. Right. So I, you know, I came full into full-time guitar sessions wow. for for several years and did a lot of stuff in the contemporary Christian field, had a lot okay. of friends that were artists that were writers and I played on tons of records and I started getting my feet wet in a little bit of alternative country, okay. which I really love Americana country. And, uh, was doing all these sessions and still writing songs and uh, basically just kind of burn out on doing the whole session thing. Matter of fact, mm-hmm. this rockabilly band that would play down on Broadway, uh, they had a residency at uh, Layla Blue, Blue, Bluegrass Inn down uh-huh. there. They're like, come play guitar. So I'd go down there just so I could rip. Because, you know, you, when you're in sessions and stuff, you're, right. you're very limited yes. as far. So I, we would go down there and play Layla's. Back then, you could drive your car right up to Layla's, get your amp out, walk in and play a gig, you know. Not now, not now. uh, And so I kind of burn out, you know, just doing that after a while as far as the session guitar thing. I was like, you know, I really just want to be a producer. Right. So I kind of just said, well, I can still incorporate my guitar playing and my songwriting, but be a producer and do that. That's what I really wanted to do. So that's... To where I ended up meeting, you know, Katie Perry and different people like that, wow. and those are whole other stories. You know, I could go on. Forever. Oh,
0: we've got time. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> well, if you got a question or anything.
0: Um, so, I mean, the whole the whole point of kind of sitting down and talking, I'm trying um, to I'm trying to get as many different uh, industry professionals, I guess, in mm-hmm. to to really see what's behind right. an artist, right? Because for people, for most consumers, you know, they're mm-hmm. buying the records, they're right. going to see the shows, and. What they're seeing is that finished product, right? But and I feel like unless you're really in the industry and and you understand how the it insides. works, no one no one gives it a second thought, right? They right. go, oh, I like this song, but no one's going, oh, I like this song. I wonder who wrote it. Like, I wonder what the idea behind exactly the the majority of people and you know that's it just is what it is. It's most it is. people aren't thinking about it, and so um, I think from from the songwriting and the producing right. and. I... Um, Obviously, you know, when you're producing, you've got, if people are bringing you tracks, like, right. being able to hear that and then make that come to life. I mean, right. this, it's a whole other world to what it's people see, you know? It's
1: It's like, you know, when I was, when I moved here, I've been here for about 25 years. It's like when I first moved here, of course, I was in a publishing deal and had different things. Back then, you could actually bring in a song with, mm-hmm. you just playing guitar or piano, and this is the song, and this is the melody, and... You know, people could hear. Well, that's that's a hit or something like that. Right. That has changed so much now. It's almost like you have to come into a studio do a, almost a full master yeah. for anybody, like the A and R team, even, to even, to even like listen. understand that that mm-hmm. has potential. And I've done that a lot, and I've had labels say, "Well, we'd like to just you know buy your your, your track, mm-hmm. you know, or just you could be a producer on this, and we'll give you points for that." And right. So I've gotten in production things like that with labels and stuff doing that. Okay. In the past. So, yeah, I mean, that's a whole another thing.
0: So from going, obviously, you know, you got here, you say you kind of fell into that session musician thing. How did you kind of get yourself out of that and into the, you know, kind of going more down that? Yeah. See, now
1: everything's going full circle. I came here as an artist in a band, and now I'm an artist again. (laughs) You know, I've been working on solo stuff, and I've got a record I'm going to try to drop that, that we can talk about more. But I you know, the transition was slow because st- like even now, I still incorporate guitar. Uh, like I still have people call me all over the world. I just had somebody from uh, Switzerland call okay. me to play guitar on their record. And so they sent me tracks and I'm sitting in my studio. I have a home studio uh-huh. similar to this. I don't have an SSL console, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> unless I leave with this one. No. Right. And, uh, yeah. and so uh, you know, I still do that, but I just kind of made the transition to where, I had a house similar to this. You know, I used to do so much tracking in all the studios. And then, I, you know, when I was a session player, I had a cartage company that would take all my gear mm-hmm. to, to all the, you know, sessions. And then slowly the budgets and things started changing more and more. Yep. And I'm like, man, they won't even pay for my cartage anymore. So I was nope. like, you know what? I'm going to buy a house. I was married at the time. Mm-hmm. Bought this big house, built this complete studio, very similar to this, where I could track drums. And I got all my stuff from Cartridge, all my vintage gear. And, and then I would just have people come. And then s- slowly, from just playing guitar, I was just, bands would start coming. I would just be producing them. So they would Amazing. camp out at my house or get a hotel yep. in the town. And I lived in Thompson Station at that time. And they would either stay in Nashville or here. And instead of having to go into town and spend all the money, you know, to book a studio and a second engineer, because mm-hmm. I'm an engineer too. Yeah. I could we'll just do it here at the house. And there's, you know, there's been times where, like, you know, y'all just use all my gear. I don't even play an instrument on some people's records. I'll just say, hey, right. this is what we need to do. And then sometimes I'll end up playing everything, and the artist may sing, you know. It just, it just depends, you know. And, but when, I, something I wanted to say is we were talking about it's like, you know, when you think about songs and what's behind the songs, and a lot of times there's so many hidden songwriters and songs, mm-hmm. and we've, yeah. we're so used to seeing the artist... And that was something I had to come with grips was like when I first started getting songs cut, I would see an artist that I didn't necessarily know. And they would, you know, take the microphone and talk about how they came up with the song and the idea. And I'm thinking, what? The, uh-huh. You know, and I know all my songwriter friends can relate to that. Right. And then there's other ones who are artist writers. Yeah. Uh, Ashley McBride's, I think they have yep. different ones. And they... They understand the whole concept, so they'll sit down and you know they give credit where credit right. is due. It's like you know we were sitting in a room, so yeah. and so had an idea, so and so, you know, and it and it developed that way. Right. So that's all the behind the scenes that people don't even realize.
0: Do you find that the the artists that I guess kind of are trying to take credit for the songs is that generally in country music I or do think you see that more? Across, I've seen
1: yeah. it a lot in pop because I've had pop cuts and. uh Country for for so long has always been about the writers. Like right. you, when you used to yeah, watch videos is... on CMT and GAC mm-hmm. and stuff like that, it would always have the section under there the songwriter. Right.
0: Yeah. Which
1: I always really loved that. Just because a you shout know, out. Yeah, the country song. Things are kind of changing in country. More, you know, we're getting a little more poppy. You know, we're mm-hmm. getting a little more LA in the country. So things, you know, it is what it is. But I mean, you know, anybody can. Look up and find out who wrote a song, right? Know? But the average listener, like the average person watching American Idol, and they have all these concepts, they have no earthly yeah, idea, no. You know. And you know.
0: then, yeah, and they're not going to take the time to kind of go look it up because it's right. not even. To be fair, for a lot of people, it's just right. it's not necessarily even a second thought. They're just like, I like this song. Oh, this song yeah, is crazy. by you know X person. What's well, going um, for
1: yeah, Even Frank Sinatra one time, he said uh, something was the best Beatles song ever that John and Paul wrote that's a George Harrison song. <laughs> so, you know, and he did a cover wow. of it. I was like, I think he le- heard years later that George Harrison wrote that song. He wow. was like, wow, you know, so you got to, you know, if you're, I know writers and people that love, especially country music, they will search stuff like that. Yeah, out, You know, so
0: it feel, I think, and and maybe that's changed a lot in, in recent years. I think as countries kind of blown up and become this yes. much more commercial genre. Yes. Um, but definitely prior to that, I feel like a lot of people you really you really had to work your way up. Yeah. You know, it wasn't country music wasn't necessarily coming to people through talent shows because it just right. wasn't popular, right? Country right. artists weren't going on. I mean, right. I say yes that that has changed. You got people right. like Carrie Underwood. Yes. Um obviously massive superstar now. Right. But for the most part, right. the people within the genre, they had to work from the bottom, which means they cross paths with all those songwriters, you know, and they really work to get where they are and so i feel like maybe there's a little more of of an appreciation It is. is. Um, is. so obviously you mentioned the beatles um and i know before before we started recording (laughs) you said you kind of grew up on that
1: i did you know my first thing was my dad was a a retired uh, navy military and i had. family and military. And, you know, when I was a kid, I didn't think anything. There's no musicians in my family on either side. It's just you. And, and uh, I, I've never even thought about music. You know, no. I wanted to, you know, join the Army and stuff. And right. I remember I was like six years old and I was running around the house with my little toy gun. And, <laughs> Kim, I know gun, toy guns right. in England, But here in America, you know. And I remember running. Around, and for some reason, my dad was at home watching an old rerun on Saturday of the Beatles movie Help. They had uh-huh. a movie called Hell, yep. and I remember running across the TV and just see. Uh, there was a part in that movie where Paul McCartney is on a beach holding a girl, like a guitar, and he's singing a song called Another Girl, and, and uh, I just remember dropping the guitar and falling on my knees and just looking at that, I was like, what is that, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it's like, boom, and it's like, I was hooked, I was that like, was that's music, I was like, what is that?
0: That was the I was, moment. You know,
1: young, young. And I, I, it was just like, I'm going to do that. <laughs> and I, and, I not, that. and me and my best friend that was across the street, we kind of, I told him about it and everything like that. And we taught my mom into one summer taking us, you could go down to the, the local library and rent CDs. And, and we even found old albums. My, wow, my mom wow. had an old record player. So we were like getting all these Beatle records, you know, and just getting, you oh, know, I, I mean, that. that's like listening to classical music really right. at a young age. You know, you just breathe, you know, because mm-hmm. yeah, the Beatles I mean, right. think about it
0: and I mean I, I don't know what it's like over here but I know in the UK uh, uh, when it comes to the Beatles songwriting uh, it's like a love or hate it thing
1: oh really yeah There's yeah. I
0: think there's there's just a lot of people who feel like their writing's more like kids poems rather than you know necessarily I don't right. know so- songwriting however you, right. I mean look Whatever they did, they had an incredible formula. Well, when you, you watch them, own.
1: you know, they actually matured so much in their writing, just like in such a short period of time. Like, I can't believe, like, at the end, some of the stuff lyrically they had. That was amazing. But, like, in the early ones, it was right. like, you know, oh, look, I want to hold your hand, well, you know. <laughs> there's
0: also some songs where, let's be fair, that none of them were clearly oh, were sober at all. Tripping out wrote. on some acid
1: or something, you um, know. But I was, matter of fact, I was listening to... uh I am the walrus something came up on TikTok oh, about I am, am the walrus and I was listening I was thinking
0: what when you actually sit down but like, <laughs> who knows who yeah Some some of those songs yeah. especially that record right. I mean I, I would have loved to have been a fly on that wall oh, I'm
1: telling you I'm, <laughs> telling you I'm telling you I'm telling you know I was I went to a few years back and went to to London I was going to produce a record at, at Abbey mm-hmm. Red Studio because I had an artist you know and okay. he wanted me to go scope it out and you know, but their, their card rate is so high. And I, I was like, dude, I don't know if you can afford it. But I had the opportunity to go in there and talk to them. And at that time, they had removed the console like this, but it was like at the old EMI... It was like I think it was the console the, the last console the Beatles did their record on, and Pink Floyd did Dark Side wow. of the Moon, so they had re-gotten that in there. Wow! So I was like, wow, wouldn't it be awesome to come in here and just, just do a record here with the, with all that? That but, would uh, be incredible. But uh, yeah, so that's one of the, you know the little wow. cool stories about being in the music business and the right. history of it all. You know, and
0: there's there's always there's always something. I think like no matter what area of it you're in, mm. it's so intertwined. I mean, it is a massive industry. Yes, but everyone is so tight-knit and it is it, it's wild you know people that wild. that seem i mean i guess when you think about it it makes sense that people cross paths but yeah. you know could work and be in totally different camps in totally right you know opposite sides of the industry yeah well you
1: know here in Nashville, it's. Little Big Town, their name, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, it's gotten it, so, like when I was driving here, this part, I, there's so much new building since I've, because I'm living on, in a, on a horse ranch out in the country now, in Franklin, which I love. I love that, I love it. But uh, I come here and I'm like, man, what happened to Nashville? It's like, <laughs> it's like turning I, into, you know, I
0: don't I don't new drive York. past downtown for a couple of days and a new building's popped up. It is, yeah, I mean, it's wild.
1: I wrote a song recently about that called The Nashville We Knew, and it talks about how things have changed. But it's around a thing with a girl that I, I'm hopefully releasing it saying about, okay. you know, this girl relationship. And our relationship broke up, and so did the town and all our memories and everything. All right. And it's I like uh it. And I just pitched it to George Strait, but I don't guess they liked it.
0: <laughs> they probably they're, didn't even heard it. They're lost. They're lost. Hey? Um, <laughs> but it,
1: the town, you know, it's such a, yeah, like I said, you know, there's, some, there's such a core. Like in L.A. and stuff like that, there's a writing community, but it's more of a band and pop thing. Whereas yeah. here, there's such a writer core. Yeah. You know, and so it's easy for to cross pollinate. Yeah. You know, and it's to...
0: such it's such a, a tight knit community in the best way. Everyone wants to help everyone. Yes. You know, they're, they're, and I'm the sure good there's people. yeah. You know, <laughs> th- there's always people that are an exception to I the am. rule, but um, for the most part, there's really no hierarchy. You know, it right. doesn't matter if you're at the top of your game or you're here. You know, you might go to a studio and you might be doing a session, mm-hmm. and that person that's bringing you your tea and coffee, know. you know, give it twenty years, and <laughs> they they might be like VP of of some publishing company. Oh, yeah. You know, you just you just don't know. Well,
1: I won't um, give any names, but my first publishing deal, we had a t- tape archive guy mm-hmm. that like whenever we turned our was in, and he actually stole a song from me. <laughs> and up, yeah, not that up, name. But he ended up getting a major. He got fired, you know, and he ended up getting a major deal. And he released this record, and I'm like, dude, that's one of my songs. <laughs> I mean, but the thing about it is, it's like you just uh, never know, yeah. you know, you know that well, people move here to get in the music business so that they can, right. you know, be a star or be a musician yeah. or be a writer, you know. And uh, so, yeah, that's a whole other story.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so from from the songwriting perspective, uh, um, the reason your name is, came kind of across my path uh-huh. was because we have a, a mutual friend uh, Patty McClintick. yes I love she's Patty. like you have to have Tommy um, <laughs> and actually uh, so one day I'd gone round to their house and we just um, I she was like bring your guitar like let's have a jam session and I said to her what do you want me to play and she goes play an Ashley McBride song so I sit there I think for a second and I'm like you know what I've got it I'm not going to tell you which one it is and I sit there and I play Southern Babylon, and she goes... You played that song on guitar and
1: yeah. sang it? Awesome. Uh, it was
0: one of my favorite One of my favorite thank you, thank songs. You. That's one of my record. favorites, too, of, um, that I've written. And she's just like, oh, my God, this is my favorite song. And, I mean, definitely her favorite song, because...
1: Uh, yeah. Through that song is where I met Patty. I was in the process of working on uh, the original first part of this record, and I, I told her, you know, hey, I, I, I co-wrote that song, I'm friends. I used to, you know... Played lead guitar with Ashley for nice. several years
0: I love her She's yeah
1: I quit just so I could work on my own solo right. stuff and plus I was producing so much mm-hmm. it was such a big commitment oh yeah you know, and to, it's
0: I mean especially now with yeah she is, yeah and she deserves yeah. all well that. I had so
1: many people say are you nuts are you crazy and I'm like well you know I mean things work out the way they're yeah. supposed to work
0: out right you know? and also and, I mean like the touring life isn't for everyone you know it's not you
1: I can do it in small doses
0: yeah it's it's a lot you know the yeah. The glamorous side of it from the outset really isn't all it's cracked up to be. Sometimes on the actual touring thing.
1: Until people get on a tour bus with the band <laughs> and travel everywhere, yeah. I don't you care if get you're getting one of those little beds. After you about about like... halfway, you're just like, <laughs> "Give me some Jack," <laughs> you know. Um, and uh, like, have you ever heard of the Henningsons? They were a band. They wrote so. a lot of the big hits for uh, the band Perry.
0: That They were so. signed to
1: Sony. And I was their utility guitar player. I was doing their gig the same time I was playing with Ashley, and they had a tour gig, and we would play all over the place, mm-hmm. and uh, I had to take so much gear, because I was like, I, with them, I played piano, banjo, lap steel, electric, and I was just like, you know, and so, and they didn't have a whole lot of back set, but we play all these shows, and I would be doing all that, and we would go to all these shows and they would have so many friends and family coming to the bus and after a while, you're just like, mm-hmm. get off the oh, bus. You, there's nowhere to right. escape other than your, in your little coffin. Which, you know? <laughs> so.
0: Which for anyone, if you've never seen the <laughs> inside of a tour bus, those beds are, Woo. you could barely call them beds. Yeah. It's just those You mattress- would sleep more comfortably right there on that You couch, would, you, you would. Know? Mattresses that are about this thin. It's like this much space. Try not to roll out of them in the middle of the night. <laughs>
1: So, you that was your favorite song, and you I played a, that, yeah. and
0: uh, and, and actually, now Patty has that tattooed. Yeah, how was that like to have someone? I actually had, like, I
1: actually still have the original lyric sheet because Ashley came over. To the, it's funny because when Ashley, when Ashley, I right, when I knew her because we were all part of a group that was. It's kind of the freak show now, but back then it was. We were at the Rusty Nail okay. and and Hermitage, and we used to all be riders, and we had rounds, and we were all friends. And mm-hmm. I, I met Ashley through that. Okay. And, uh, you know, she 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 asked me one night. She goes, "Tommy, come come check my band out. We're playing Friday night." And so I was in town. I was actually playing with the, the other band, So, but I was in town, so I went and saw her. And it was like such chaos and that that bar i mean i used i mean i've burnt that bar down many times but for that night there was just such a rowdy crazy crowd and i was just sitting there and i was like man this is K. this is like a southern redneck and i was like this is like Babylon." so i was like southern babylon that would be a great so i vaulted this and i was actually working with another girl artist and I presented that idea to her, and she just didn't. She didn't. She wasn't feeling. I'm like, oh, that's fine. I'll just fault it. And then, later on, Ashley was like, Hey, you want to play guitar with me? You know. I said, I'll play a few gigs and stuff. So we, I started playing with her, and we ended up getting a, you know, good friendship and relationship, and. Uh, she was writing stuff, and I said, come over to the studio to my house, you know, and uh, I got an idea for a song, so I thought she jumped on that, you know. And we just, that song kind of just wrote itself, I you know. Me that. and her were just sitting there, and I'm just like, you know, hair standing on top of each other's heads, and I was like, man, we we wrote a modern Hotel California, you know. <laughs> it is. Yeah, and we were playing it out, but when we were playing it out, we were playing it more high energy like that, okay. really rocking, and I'd like to redo that one day and just do it as my own, as a rocking version. That'd be awesome. And um, uh i kind of lost my train there so obviously we did that and the next thing i know i, I, ha- I had other obligations so I, I i you know i said you know i can't be a guitar player full time but and then i found out she's like well you know i signed with the you know, we're, we're putting the song on the record and i'm like yes you know and, uh, and but i was shocked when i heard it because jay joyce you know he produced, and I Judge uh-huh. but it was such a mellow tripped out track right. when i heard i was like i don't know how to process this but it grew on me.
0: Right. And I guess for you, you know, having written it, you yes. kind of had that sound in right, your head. Right, um, having right. Having obviously never heard like that original. Yeah. I just, yeah, that, I mean, that's that, what that, you have like, heard, the swampy, version. yeah. You know, it, they could
1: make like a TV, Netflix series on that whole title in this bar. I mean, it could be like, You see, that, you know,
0: that right there that's uh, why I love country music. I know, it's and I always, stories. You know, like, I can take a three-minute song we and I could go write a novel. novel. We've yeah, got to keep you know? stories of country music. Um, and look, there's there's stuff coming out now that definitely is, you know, is missing that. But also, yeah, I think, they, but it has its place. Yes, it does. You know, look, and you take yeah. rock music, you have artists like Bonnie Tyler, and then you've got Pantera. I know. You know, and th- they're both rock.
1: Right, and if there's a know? fan base that likes yeah. that, but as a writer, you know, and the producer, you know, I mean, you got to stay current and think about the big exactly. picture. And I understand where a lot of people are coming from in the old school, but I was like, well, you know, it's changed, man. I mean, there's nothing you can it do has. unless you want to go gonna. redo, move to Branson, Missouri, and start mm-hmm. the whole, the outlaw country movement. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. You, we're, you're going to have to, if you're a writer, if you're a listener, then don't listen. If But if you're in this town and you're writing and stuff, you know, you've got to incorporate... You, you know do. those ideas
0: you've got you've got to move with it 100% like
1: you know when bro country kicked out you know at first cuz i always like lo- you know i love i'm a rocker i love mm-hmm. alternative rock and like obviously the beatles and americana rock and, and americana country you know and then when basically when bro countrys first started coming out you know heavy guitars started coming
0: in and i was yep. like
1: well i like that mm-hmm. but you know i had friends that were like man no we can't do i mean i literally i remember when jason Aldean's, uh uh, what was his big riff song that was so cool in a in a hick uh, town? Mm-hmm. I remember playing that. I Remember playing that, rehearsing over at Ashley's house, and there was a couple of girl bluegrass singers, and they were like, "Stop playing that!" They were like, "I'm like, <laughs> live with it. This is where we're going." Right, like, you know, isn't it's it? just like you know the, you know, feeling the resistance, you know, and I'm just like, you know, and now it's just. I don't even right. is that even bro country anymore? That's like mainstream country, I mean, yeah, you know. It is. It's so, just you know,
0: and, and that's really only taken damn, when was when was Florida Georgia line? Not even
1: Well, they' fifteen
0: years
1: ago? The main singer's he's got stuffing out stuff out
0: right yeah, now. So there, what is his name? I can um, never
1: remember his name. Is he Florida? And the other one's Georgia. <laughs> okay. No, uh Oh no. <laughs> he's um, Florida. Uh yeah, what's his name? No, We're sorry, we like your more, songs. The more we
0: think about it, the more it's not going to come to us.
1: Uh, but he's got one, uh, God Makes the Good Stuff. That's yeah, a good song. That's, I love a great that song. song. that's a great song. And earlier. it's got like that. Yeah. yeah. He's, still, he's got a country kind of sounded voice.
0: He does. So, you and know? So. Yeah. I mean, I think it's hard that people people try all the time to pigeonhole it, which may be a little ironic given the fact that this podcast is called Sipping on Country and I I'm specifying that. that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes it's nice to branch out and then, you know, it doesn't mean that you don't still have room for those... for your things. Yeah, you know, for those story songs, for those gritty... I've noticed um,
1: that the great artists over the year, regardless if it's country, Bob Dylan, anybody, they actually record what they want to record. So if they want a rock song, they're going to have a rock song. If they want a folk song, they're going to do it. You know, they do these songs and that's what...
0: It's authenticity. Yeah,
1: and it makes them... You know, people like that. Right. You know, and it's like, I, I'm trying to think. Of course, nobody buys records anymore. It's all single bass, you know, mm-hmm. I'm sitting all here I'm wanting to release a record. I'm like, but- okay, I guess the police are coming. Wait, right, does
0: warning mean there is a one?
1: Watches be on the lookout. National Weather Service tornado warning. And We're
0: just going to keep doing Take the podcast. Take shelter
1: now in a basement. Um, Can
0: we hide under this console? The, uh. We're just gonna. Uh, we'll be
1: all right, man. You know, you know what, we'll, I have a song that I'm about to finish with a friend's about all that and about a girl being that about you know the storm. Yeah. You know that you you know I never saw this one coming and stuff it's like just, that. And basically, see, I grew up in Tornado Alley. Where I'm from, we would have tornadoes all the time. And that same thing is it is it a watch? Is we're probably in the safest spot spot possible.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll take that. We'll but take anyway,
1: that. <laughs> about to go. Off. Okay, Southern anyway. Babylon. Let's get back to that because you so you learned that song and played it. For Patty, and she was
0: like, "What?" Yeah, she was like, "Of all the songs, you could have picked off that record, like that's my favorite." And I'm like, I mean, "Of course, it's awesome. great, great song though." Yeah, I I that love that. Definitely, cool. definitely one of uh, my top songs.
1: That song has gotten some placements. It's been in the TV show The Ranch on Netflix. Oh, okay. it's been there and a couple of other things, and uh, yeah.
0: So, yeah. aside aside from that. Um, I mean, you said I know you touched very briefly earlier. You threw out Katy Perry. Yeah. So obviously you, you've you've had cuts in like the the oh pop yeah, and stuff like that. Um, like that.
1: Actually, when Katie the first my first pub company that I was with, they had several record companies, and she was signed to a, a record label called Red Hill Records, which mm-hmm. was like a Christian label, but they wanted to do a crossover distribution. Okay. So I met her, and. Uh, her mom. They came into the office, and my publisher introduced me to her. And you know, you know, Katie's this little innocent. She's sixteen or seventeen years old, oh, wow. you know, and uh, she knew like maybe three chords on the guitar, but she had this incredible voice. I was like, man, this girl's great. And so, uh, I started writing with her, and I actually turned her onto the Beatles a lot. I think I gave her the White Record, White nice. Album, and uh, she, uh, I started showing her a few different chords. To this day, when she plays certain chords, I was like, the way she voices these chords, cause I have a certain way of doing mm-hmm. things, I'm like, man, I showed her how to do that. <laughs> <didn't know> that. <laughs> so, and the next thing I know, we uh, we were going to go play this, it was, uh, was it Atlanta Fest? I think it was Atlanta Fest. We played this huge concert. I mean, it was a huge amount of people, and it was this, Me and her were gonna play acoustic guitar. Amazing! And this is so we drove. Her mom drove us from Nashville to Atlanta. So I got a chance to talk to her mom for a long time. And while we were playing at this, this you know we're getting ready, and she's like picks her guitar up and she's she plays Blackbird by the Beatles. I'm like, you figured all that out already? So she was very quick at that point, sponge picking up musical ideas.
0: So she was based in Nashville. Uh, They're actually
1: she's from Santa Barbara. Actually, okay. And she got hooked up with this label, and she signed a deal. And uh, basically, her parents just kind of like, "Well, she's got a record deal. We're gonna leave her." And they went back. I'm like, "She's like 17 years old. Don't leave her in Nashville." Firm in
0: the deal. I know it. And
1: uh, and you know that label and stuff ended up folding, and she was able to get out of her deal. And then she ended up signing a deal with uh, Def Jam America and all that. She did a couple rock records. She just and it wasn't until I kissed the girl really was the big right. big thing, you know. And uh but I've I have a lot of candy stories, but some of them I can't share. But <laughs> they're funny, but but she, you know, she uh who would have known she'd have blown right. up that huge I mean I get people I, I, somewhere in New York, uh what is y'all's what is the big uh paper Daily Mail. Yeah, yeah, maybe it's the Daily Mail UK. Mm-hmm. I think it was that. I just did an interview with them like a year and a half ago or so huh. about that, you know, oh, knowing her and all that. and So I'll, I'll constantly get stuff about, you know, her little windows in her back then. Because when that record came out, she was 17 years old. And she was great back then. I mean, she could sing. You know, people, I knew she was a diamond in the rough. I mean, there was people at the label and other friends of mine, and they were like, man, she's not any good. I'm like, dude, this girl is just- going to be a star. You know, yeah. I've been fortunate to be around a lot of certain people that have been mm-hmm. really big, probably four or five. You know, different that blow up so huge, and yeah. then you're like, and I, but I just know. I guess maybe well, the producer and me, you can just tell. Right. You know, and
0: I think the other thing is that it actually, for someone to be as successful as she is, oh. as you know, and other people at her level in the industry, right. it's not. To be fair, it doesn't all boil down to talent. You know, there's a lot of there is. I mean, talent. Talent is. It's a part of it. But. Yeah.
1: You got to have some level yeah, of talent to, to start um, with it. But.
0: but also just having that drive, having the right mindset, being someone team, that people want to yeah. work and having a good team around yeah. you, you know, um, yeah. knowing that, you know, look, the, the artist is the talent. Without them, songs aren't getting, you know, right. they're not getting sung. Or, but, but. If you don't have everything to back that up, and you don't create a good circle, right. and that's that's on the artist a lot it of the really times, is. you know. Um, so I think it really just shows that shows how much drive she has as in her career that she's done so well. I the think ones with-
1: that I've been a part of, some of them I don't want to bring up here. Some of them are good. Some of them I just you know, you know how it is. <laughs> Give me my guitar. I'm getting <laughs> oh, off yeah, the let's bus. Go, let's go. <laughs> you know, here's the eagle. <laughs> no, uh, but most all of them have been good singer musicians that were good writers are developed into Mm -hmm. a good, Katie was developing into writing, but she really wanted to write all her songs, you know? And so, and I think maybe the longevity with a lot of those artists is because of that, you know? And, uh, you know, but I know so many people that just come here, I have people all the time like, I want to produce a record, I want you to do this. And I'm like, well, can you play an instrument? No. Can you sing? I think I could sing pretty good. And I'm like, well, let me hear you. No, I'm like, nope. Uh, you know, do you write any lyrics? You know, you're like, mm, you need to go with yeah, yeah. shit. <laughs> well, we, we, need, we need science to bring yeah, to the table yeah. here. If you really want to do this, you need to count the cost and, right. you know.
0: So actually, just touching base on what you just said about obviously a lot of artists, uh, a lot of artists want to write yeah. their own stuff now. Right. I mean, how do you feel about that as a songwriter? Do you feel like that hinders you in terms of being able to get your songs out there? Because you, you know, you have people. Yeah. I, uh, I remember, I was writing up an album review, uh, and one of the, well, there was there was a lot of the tracks where there was just there was a lot of writers, but one of these tracks had eight writers on there, and I remember sitting there and I'm just like, honestly, I just I. I just don't believe for a second that there were eight people in that room right. contributing to this. Like, and it's the same people... line over yeah. and over and over again. Like <laughs> I'm a... like, it's not even, you know, like, as far as songwriting goes, if you've got eight people on it, I want this to be the best damn thing I've ever heard, you know? You would think. Um, you I, would think. It wasn't a bad song, but you yeah, I was just like, and, and I'm sure that was probably one more of those scenarios, you know, where there's eight people in the room, but how many people actually wrote that song?
1: Well, like in Katie's situation, you know, Katie's got, like, handlers around here. You know, she's got a whole group. And it's like when you look at it, there's producers like that. She's got, like, eight writers and stuff on like mm-hmm. that. And I'm like, everybody wants a piece of the pie. And a lot of yep. it's like the track guy. I put a cowbell on this track. I want 10% of <laughs> you know. So, I mean, that's a whole. Nashville has not gotten to that point yet. but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not let it happen. But, no, it's like. Uh, they say the best songs in Nashville are written usually with three people, but there's been a lot of hits that are written with four people. Mm-hmm. I personally like to write with myself or two people. I like to write with the artist or me and another writer, and the, if the artist is in mm-hmm. on it, you know, do that. But I, I feel like, to me, I, I think if until you can really write a song by yourself, it's great, you know. Yeah. I'm not being an elitist, but I'm just saying, you know. I- you need to write a song on your own that stands right. the ground and right. then branch out, you know.
0: Because it's that, that experience and no, yeah. knowing how to compose the song right, in the first place. Like right. they're the benefits you're getting, I guess, from, you know, from being in a room with other people right. who also have that same talent. Right. um, and, and that's when you can bounce off and when, you know, when you get those, those songs that are right. great. Yeah.
1: Sometimes I've learned as a writer, sometimes you can come in with a strong idea or do something and. Sometimes you just gotta know your role, you know. I mean, you, if there's sometimes you'll have a massive hit rider come in and they don't have anything, and then sometimes they'll take your idea or something, and they and you're just you just have to sit back and just right. let them ride with it, and then you're like,
0: mm-hmm. sounds good, cool. This is great. With to check. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but anyway.
0: So let's uh, let's have a little talk about your record that is okay. patiently sitting there. Ah. Um, uh, so.
1: I started working on what was originally this. And actually, Patty actually did a, Think Country did a review on this record, which was really incredible. And I had a bunch of radio people love this record. And then I finished it, and I was actually talking with some labels and some new uh, publishers, and COVID hit. There it is. So that was the end of everything. And so, and I ended up getting COVID. And I got extremely ill, and I'm still suffering from uh, long COVID. I'm still having it's affected my singing a lot and stuff. And uh, and so through that whole period of time, it's like my mom passed away, then my sister passed away of COVID, and they were in lockdown in in Mississippi in the Uh Delta, and I couldn't even go down there. And so between you know losing my immediate family and then uh, COVID and me being sick you know i'm finally am back to the point i've been producing all this time you know mm-hmm. you know uh it's like it's time to release this record you know yep. i just had a big write up in a magazine back home called delta magazine okay. and it's uh it's uh, it's the like they call it the southern's premier magazine cuz i, I th- ended up taking up art again when i was okay. uh, sick you know and uh actually uh patty's got a print of one of my dads my dad was a very great artist okay. now in mississippi and uh when I was a kid, I was an artist. I painted a lot. And, but when I heard the Beatles and everything like that, I kind of just, just, you know, went the yeah. music route. And, uh, but I won art contests and stuff as a kid. And uh, when my dad passed away, after my mom and sister, I went and closed out the estate at the house. Mm-hmm. And I inherited a lot of my dad's art okay. during COVID when they finally allowed us to go back down there.
0: Right, yeah.
1: <clears> and so I started, I went and had his art appraised and it was really expensive. So I started selling prints. And uh, basically, I was like, you know, I'm going to p- pick up a paintbrush and start painting again. And so I started painting. Kinsey's from yeah. Texas, too. She was actually, uh, last year, I think she was a CMA girl Texas artist from, Camp, from okay. uh, Texas. And we have a song out now. It's called Worth Fighting For. It's, on a, it's a YouTube. So that's some of the newest stuff. All right. Well, you know, what I'm, I'm going
0: to do is I'm going to link to all of this stuff okay. um, so people will be able to go check it out. Um, hopefully, by the time this is released, you'll be on full...
1: On the road. Full, and what's
0: the word? Yeah, that.
1: On the road <laughs> again. On the road. <laughs> on,
0: the road um, on a tour bus again, this. cussing everybody That's out. It. That's it. Um, living the life. <laughs> Do you find that... You say you were still doing producing and stuff yeah. while you were working on this. Yeah. Do you find that doing that and working with other artists has helped kind of bolster your record and bringing... I think
1: so. I think it's good. I think, you know... I think at the end of the day, you have to live by, off of what you are and what you've done. Yeah. But it's always good to get... It's just like, you know, I mean, if you're cooking something, you know, a little bit yeah. of pepper here, a little bit... Right. It's good to have outside influences and, uh, you know, like I had... You know, there's a lot of songs on that record I wrote by myself, but there's, there's co-writing songs, you know, with, you know, great writers, you know. So... Uh, you know, it is what it is.
0: Well, thank you so much. Thank you. It's so uh, nice I really to meet you. It. And
1: love the accent. That's all I got. <laughs> love the accent. I spent about a month in London and uh, it's crazy. I was going to do a record, like I said, in Abbey Road with a guy. It was April. It was 25 degrees though in April. It was so cold, I couldn't believe it. You know, and everybody walks and mm. takes the tube. Yeah. And uh, it never rained one time. I thought everybody was lying. It got yes. overcast one day, but I mean, I was going to parks that and everything, wild. and that I was like, wild. and uh, I think that why some maybe some of the greatest music comes out of your area because people are it's so, so dark and milly, it's so life you know comes out of the music yeah. you know and it's so. Uh, I was, know.
0: I mean, I think that's partly why country music is so great because yes. a lot of the people they come from these rural areas right. where what do, what do you do except for sit down and right. talk about you know those life and play guitar and it's a yeah it's a big thing but it's great i love it
1: well thanks for having me no worries thank you so uh, much
0: we will see you next episode tommy collier thank you you riding the storm out right (laughs) here we go Recorded at 2300 Studios in Nashville, Tennessee. Original theme music by Gary Wood.